tell me how life has been. Tell me about your reality, please. The fact that we were given certifications before it all begins. Tell me about the hours you put in but the world can't see. Tell me about your failures cutting you deep. Tell me about your 19, when 20 was supposed to be a doubled portion of life, but you ended up losing your job. If not, tell me about the pay cut. Tell me about the brokenness in your marriage. Tell me about the relatives you have lost. Questioning all gains, it has been a heavy cost. But this is the thing. See, we are mostly scared of what we can find within. We are mostly scared of making the world know that we know that we were born to win. We are mostly scared to speak life into our situations. Forgetting that our birth certificate is a registration of our truth and not our reality. So I say it again. What's your reality? Is it, a, is it that you're struggling to pay back the loan? Is it that the children are going back to school? What's our reality? See, Christ left us with so much power if only we would activate it. Believe it. And more than our problems, if only we would see it. Because He lost it so we can have it. He got it back so we can overcome it. See, we are born champions. We are stars only because we have the sun. We are champions and life is not a league if we are already the champions. So get back on it. See, it is hard, but get back on it. Take the hits. Stand strong like a champion you are. Get back on it. It's going to be messy, but still, get back on it. Write a book. In fact, read that book. Take that course. Start that business. Call up your relatives and ask for forgiveness. There's nothing like failure for us. See, all we gain is experience, so be fearless. Because all the world's greatness, in fact, the world's greatness is in our corner. So we have nothing to fear. Because we are already champions. If only we can see it. Giants are only in the mind, but not in the eyes of champions. So be a champion. Good morning, Mavuno. How are you doing? Wherever you are, morning, afternoon, or evening, my name is Pastor M. But for this month of January, you can call me Coach M. <laughs> and I'm so excited to see you in the new year. What an amazing opportunity that we are actually in 2021. Happy New Year. You know, it's interesting that somehow this year, this this greeting actually has a ring to it. Happy New Year. We've been through an incredibly uh, difficult year. 
And you know, as we're talking about the new year and we're talking about what 2021 has to do, how many of you remember entering into 2020 with such hope, with expectation, uh, with, with uh, just psych and energy? And you know, I was one of those people. Um, I was turning 50 in 2020, 2020. And you know, like I still remember I'd planned this big vacation of a lifetime with my wife, Carol. We were going to go and visit different countries and just have the time of my life. I mean, it was something I'd been saving for, for a while. But you know what happened? Uh, COVID-19 happened. And I know like for many of you, my plans did not happen the way I'd thought. I thought it would be the year of double-double. <laughs> Guess what? It turned out to be the year of double-double knockout punch. And for many people uh, who are watching this, 2020 was a year that will be remembered as a year of just some serious trauma, challenging things happening, face masks, sanitizers, PPE, thermometer guns, all the things we never knew before. They became a normal part of our lifetime and of our lifestyle. I mean, who even knew what those things were? Zoom replaced face-to-face -face meetings. And for some people who are sanguines like myself who like face-to-face -face meetings, that was just so, so hard. Uh, locust swarms uh, destroyed crops across East Africa. Uh, flooding lakes uh, just displaced thousands out of their homes. Thousands more lost their jobs. Uh, people lost loved ones. I, I, <laughs> I had the most loss I've ever had. I had two of the most very close people uh, in my family pass on, and that was hard. Hard, hard year. And you know, it was truly a tough year. Some became weaker in their faith. Some people even left the church, and some of you who are watching this, uh, 2020 was the year when you were least engaged with God. It just became a year when you became cold in your faith, because you could no longer gather uh, physically. And you know, there's just so much that was going on, so many challenges. I mean, on the bright side, uh, we all learned something that they tried to teach us in school a long time ago, and most of us had forgotten. Uh, we learned what the average temperature of a human being body, of a human body is. You know what it is? Of course you know. Uh, 30... Six degrees, right? Because they're always doing that thing in the mall. The only thing is, of course, it always de depends on who's reading your temperature because sometimes it's 35 and then you go upstairs and it turns to 36. But anyway, on the bright side, uh, we learned something. But you know what? Forget the vacation of a lifetime. Forget all the goals and plans we had for 2020. The fact that we made it to 2021, to God be the glory. And so, you know, we're going to be uh, understandably entering into 2021 with... A little hesitation, and I suspect for some people, not too quick to make resolutions. Kind of thinking about, you know, there's no guarantee, because we don't know how the year is going to end. We're smart enough to know that just because the year turned doesn't mean that automatically things go back to normal. And so the question as we enter 2021 that I have for all of us is, how are we going to make sure we thrive? How are we going to make sure that we, we don't just survive 2020, but that we actually uh, overflow with, with, with winning, that winning becomes our portion. How are we going to make sure that we end up as champions in 2021? And as I've prayed about that, I sense that what God is saying to us as a community this year is that it starts right here. It starts in the mind. You see, there are some people who will always thrive regardless of their circumstances. And I believe God wants us to be those people in 2021. If you want to be victorious in 2021... If you want to come into this year swinging and finish this year winning, <laughs> this is what I sense God is saying to all of us. We have to learn to think like a champion. And so that's what our theme is. We're going to be talking about the five mindsets of a champion. And uh, 
Boy, I'm really looking forward to this series. This is an exciting series. I'm excited about the thing that God is saying. We're going to be talking about the things you must do, the, the, the way you must think in order to get the victory that God has for you in 2021. And so I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17, verse 14 to 21. And we're going to read a scripture there that is, I don't know, for me, I find this scripture extremely exciting. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 to 21. And actually, that, this whole month, we're going to be looking at some of the miracles of Jesus and just some of the, the mindset things we need if we are ready for our miracles. So Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 to 21. And this is what it, 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 it says. And the title of my message is Train, Trained Like a Champion. Trained Like a Champion. They came to a place where a large crowd had gathered to wait for Jesus. A man came and knelt before him, and he said, Lord, please show your tender mercy towards my son. He has a demon who afflicts him. He has epilepsy. He suffers horribly from seizures. He often falls into the cooking fire or into the river. I brought him to your followers, but they weren't able to heal him. And Jesus replied, where is your faith? Can't you see how wayward and wrong this generation is? How much longer do I stay with you and put up with your doubts? Bring your son to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy, boom, was instantly healed. Later, he told, later the disciples came to him privately and they asked, why couldn't we cast out the demon? And he told them, it was because of your lack of faith. I promise you, if you have faith inside you, no bigger than the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move away from here and go over there and you will see it move. There is nothing you couldn't do. But this kind of demon, listen to this, he says, but this kind of demon is only cast out through prayer and fasting. Now the disciples were terribly confused. You see, for them, this was not the first time that they had tried to cast out demons, they had tried to heal somebody. In Matthew chapter 12, the Bible tells us that Jesus sent them out two by two, gave them power to, to cast out demons and to heal people. And my, my goodness, it worked. I mean, they saw God doing amazing things through them. And so these guys had encountered God's power. They had walked in authority. They had walked in strength. They knew how it is, to, what it meant to, to, to have authority over demons and over, over illnesses. Everything was going well until they encountered a reality check. They prayed. Nothing happened. The boy still remained demon-possessed. And I wonder how the disciples felt. Did people laugh at them? Were they embarrassed? Were they wishing the ground would just open up and swallow them? I don't know what happens to you when you pray. I don't know if that ha ever happens to you. I mean, did these people just feel embarrassed and feel that God had ever let them down? But you know, perhaps you identify with them this morning, this evening, wherever you are. You prayed hard for God to intervene, but you still lost your job. Your marriage still failed. That person still died. The sickness still did not get healed. And what do you do? when everything goes wrong despite your sincere prayers. And that's why the disciples were, this is where the disciples were, they were confused. Maybe they were embarrassed, and you can hear it in their question. Why couldn't we cast out the demon? I mean, Jesus, you did it so easily. Why couldn't we cast out the demon? And I like the fact that Jesus was pretty gracious with his disciples. I mean, when he talked to the father of the boy, he talked about lacking faith and all that stuff. But to the disciples, he was pretty gracious. And he said to them, I'm going to give you a little coaching tip. Let me be your coach today. This is, my, this is my paraphrase of what Jesus is saying. He says, let me give you a little coaching tip. Let me help you out here. You've done really well. 
And everything you've done is correct, except one little thing. I'm going to give you a little coaching tip here. And this coaching tip is going to change everything for you. If you understand it, then this is going to help you because this is how you train for victory. And listen, God's people, there's some things that are in your family. There's some things that you're facing, some challenges you're facing, some things you've even prayed about for many years. There's some things that have troubled you, that have troubled your loved ones. Things that maybe have even become your normal. I mean, they've become so bad until they've just become normal. The bad has become normal. And I just want to say this, just like any boxer, just like any athlete, you will not win the, fi the fight until you're willing to go through the pain and the discomfort of training. And Jesus is saying, you know, and, and this is something we used to say back in the day when, we used to, when I used to play a lot of sports. We used to say, no pain, no gain. And I think it, it's like Jesus is actually saying that. He's saying, look, there's a way. There's actually a way that you can gain spiritual power over the most stubborn demons. There's actually a way you can get spiritual power over any situation, any difficult situation that you're facing. But that way, it's, a, it's not an easy way. It's a way of prayer and fasting. Now, what is fasting? I want to talk about that for a few minutes. Fasting is willfully putting away things you find pleasure in for a season in order to seek God. That's what fasting is. Let me say it again. Fasting is willfully putting away things you find pleasure in for a season in order to seek God. Practices, it's a practice that is across the whole Bible. You find Moses fasted for 40 days and nights before he received the Ten Commandments. King David fasted after his son, uh, he was told his son was going to die. Elijah fasted for 40 days as he made a journey to the wilderness to hear God. He wanted to hear God for himself. And so he took this 40-day fast as he walked into the wilderness. Queen Esther, she got all the Jews to fast for her as they were praying in a difficult situation when God's people were facing death and destruction. Daniel, he fasted three weeks for God to show him what would happen to the people of Israel in time to come. Jesus fasted all the time. And this, this passage already implies that. I mean, he says, this kind only comes out. In other words, I've been fasting. That's why you saw the victory uh, through me. Uh, there are many, many examples in the early church of fasting. So fasting is commonplace in the Bible. It's important to note here, though, what fasting is not. And I'll say a couple of things, and these are things that easily confuse many people. Number one, fasting is not just missing a meal. You know, there are times when you're just busy at work, there are things that are happening, you're having a meeting, and you don't eat that day, and then you say, let me count that as a fast. But actually, that's not a fast. When you're fasting, you need to replace your meal time with God time. And if you don't do that, then it's not really a fast. It's, 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 really, a, it's really a hunger strike. <laughs> so so you, meet, you need to make sure if you're, if you're not eating, then you're replacing the not eating with something that is Godward. So missing a meal, that's not fasting. Number two, fasting is not dieting. Uh, the focus of fasting is not detox, and neither is it losing weight. Uh, these things will come and they will happen to you. But the focus needs to be connecting on God. And then number three, fasting is not making God do something for us. It's not about changing God. It's about changing us so that we are ready for what God wants to do in our lives. So that's what fasting is not. So why do we fast? And I'm going to, I, you know, there's something very powerful about fasting. There's some serious spiritual power that is released through fasting. But you know, I want to just talk a bit. Uh, the Bible doesn't get deep into it. It just seems to assume people fast and you need to fast. But I, I can see several, I can think of at least six different benefits of fasting that I want to just share with you this morning. Six benefits of fasting. And the first is fasting humbles us. Fasting humbles us. 
You know, there's a, self, a sense of self-denial when you fast. There's removing things that are pleasurable to you, the things that you deserve, the things that your body craves for. And when you deny your physical appetites for time, you're basically humbling yourself before God who has all the answers for you. You know, we like to be in control. And I don't know about you, I like to be in control of my life. I like to know how things are going to turn out. But you know what happens when I fast? I lose sense of control. I'm not the one in control anymore of how I feel of the things I do. God is in control at that point. And that's exactly where I need to be for God to intervene. You know, I'll never, God will never intervene in my life when I'm like this, when I'm holding on to my life. God only intervenes when they surrender. And, and fasting ushers me into that space of surrender. But number two, uh, fasting heightens spiritual sensitivity. You know, when you fast, it's like back in the day, there used to be radios with dials. I know some of you are too young to have seen those, but maybe those, some, you've seen them in the movies. Those are dial. You, you kind of tune them, and some cars still have those. And basically what happens when you're tuning a radio, an FM radio, is if you just miss the station by a couple of points, you can hear it, but it's not clear. It's fuzzy. It's crackly. And what happens is you need to tune it to the exact frequency, and then boom, surround sound. Everything just sounds really clear. And that's the way fasting is. Fasting tunes our spirits so that we can hear God clearly. Where you've not been hearing God, where things have not been clear, you've, you've not been sure what God is saying, you've not been quite, you, you're kind of guess, just getting a sense, maybe you don't even have the station altogether. When you fast, it just, and all of a sudden it's clear surround sound. You can actually hear what God is saying. Fasting opens you up to hear what God is saying. Fasting opens you to enjoy God's presence. Sometimes we struggle to enjoy God's presence. We struggle to enjoy prayer. I can tell you after this fast, after you fast, my goodness, you actually find yourself ushered into the spiritual realm. You enjoy the spiritual realm. You become aware of even the way the enemy is attacking your family spiritually. It just opens your awareness and even gives you the authority to know what to do about it. So that's number two. Number three, fasting helps overcome distractions. You know, it's very interesting that the Bible teaches us that God is a spirit. And we who are made in his image, we're made in his image, we are spirits as well but we are enfleshed, we are entombed, we are, we, are, we are in a body, a physical body that covers us. We are, we are, our spirit is housed in this, this flesh here is housing who I really am. It's housing my spirit. And the thing about our bodies, the Bible calls them a flesh, that the flesh tends to want to take control. It's so easy for your body to want to control you. It's so easy to become a slave of your body. That's what an addiction is, by the way, is when your body, your emotions take charge of, you, of your spirit. And what fasting does... Fasting disciplines the body, puts it into its place, and puts you back in charge. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, he says in verse 24, he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? He says, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. So that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So that's it. I mean, it's like I'm disciplining my body. I'm putting it, I'm showing it who's in charge. And that's what fasting does. Number four, fasting detoxes your body. Actually, fa let, me, let me put that differently. Fasting detoxes your body, spirit, and mind. It's not just your body. When it comes to your body, what fast, fasting will do is just clean out the toxins in your body. It has a way of just readjusting your body to default uh, settings. You're going to find that, by the way, as you're fasting, you're going to lose all the excess weight. But not only that, you're actually going to find yourself becoming healthier. 
Why? Because there's so much junk accumulated in your body, in your blood, in your colon, in all, that, in all those organs. And you're going to find that over time, as we're fasting, this stuff just gets flushed out of your body. You're going to be healthier than you've ever been. But number two, your spirit. Fasting breaks the power of lusts. It breaks the power of porn. It breaks the power of addiction, food addictions. And what's going to happen is as we fast, you're going to find that some people are going to be freed from the power of addictions over their body. And then when it comes to your mind, fasting increases your memory, so you find yourself sharper. You're going to find that your memory is going to increase. And I've seen this as I've fasted. You're going to find that you're, 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 you're actually sharper. You're going to find that you're able to retain a lot more than you ever have uh, before. And so fasting detoxes. It just cleans your body, your, your spirit, and your mind. Fasting saves you money, number five. <laughs> Apart from all the money you're going to save from missing the meals, guess what? There's also the money of, of <laughs> as you lose weight, there are those clothes you are going to give away. <laughs> and you're going to find that you can actually fit back into clothes you could never wear and that you're actually going to throw. So I've found that fasting is a great way to save you money. But number six, and I think this is very important, fasting increases your spiritual authority. Now, as a young leader, I don't know about you, I often found myself overwhelmed, and I still do sometimes, overwhelmed by my responsibility. My responsibilities with my family, my responsibilities in my ministry, my responsibilities with my job, with my provision for my family, with being a husband. Sometimes you just get overwhelmed. And I remember as a young leader, I used to pray this prayer a lot. Lord, give me spiritual authority. Give me authority that when I speak, people will hear you. Give me authority that my children will actually obey, will actually say, do the things I ask them to do. Give me authority. But you know what this passage is showing us? It's showing us the key to authority. Because I love the fact that Jesus doesn't sweat. He doesn't shout. He doesn't gesticulate. He doesn't jump up and down. All he just does, the Bible says, he rebuked the demon and the demon left. It was as simple as that. Why? Because he has authority. And he says, this only happens when you pray and fast. The secret of spiritual authority as a leader it only happens when you pray and fast. And there are some situations that are overwhelming in your life right now. As we start the new year, there are places where you feel stuck. There are some places where as the year goes on, you're going to find yourself easily going back to the default, back to the place where you just could not move forward. There are situations in your family that have persisted for years and you've just found it so hard to break out of those situations. And Jesus' word to you is today is, <laughs> there are some things that only come out with prayer and fasting. And so the question I, I want to say is, listen, are you ready for this? This is how we train. This is how you train as a Christian. No pain, no gain. And this is why we must fast. So I really wanted to talk about that today because I sense that the Holy Spirit is saying to us, if we want to be champions in 2020, then it begins with how we think. We must train ourselves to be champions. You must be trained like a champion. And the way you train is through fasting. It's through get, getting mastery over your body. Our fast is a significant way to deal with the challenges the year is going to bring. The year is going to bring us some challenges. And I want to just say that, you know, as we do that, as we fast, you're going to find that you're able to overcome challenges you didn't think that you could have. Every year at Mavuno, we start the year with a fast. And this year is no different. We're starting with a 21-day fast, which starts tomorrow, which is the 4th of January. And here's what I want to say. I mean, every year we've asked you to fast. And what we normally do is we typically do a fast where you miss one meal in the day. Uh, I'm actually challenging us this year to do something altogether different. Because 2021, I believe, is a year that's going to need a, a different level of training, a different level of discipline, a different level of victory. And so what I'm going to challenge you is, and I'm, I'm going to challenge you to join me 
as I do a 20, a 21-day fast that is liquid only. So we're only going to be doing a liquid only fast. As many of you as can join me, I want to challenge you to do that. And we've got some great resources. If you haven't listened to them yet, uh, go on our website, www.mavunochurch.org, and you'll find uh, a great PDF there that's our prayer guide. It has prayer points for every day. But you're also going to find some tips on how to fast. We've put a couple of links to videos there. Make sure at least you watch one of those videos because I feel like it's important for you to just get ready with not just the why, but the very practical of, of, of how do you fast? How does day one feel? How will day two be? Uh, just helping you break down what the 21 days are going to look like. And I believe that as we do this, this is how we are training ourselves for victory. This is how we are training ourselves to be champion because no, no pain, no gain. Now, this entire month, that's what we're doing. We're talking about the mindset of victory. And this is what fasting is going to help us begin to develop. And next week, we're going to be talking about a different mindset. And I'm really excited about next week's message as well, as I've been just preparing for this. But I want to say this. I really believe there's some long-standing strongholds that are about to break. There's some areas you've been uh, crying to God for for a while, that this year we're going to see victory. I want to just speak over your life right now. This is a year of victory like you've never seen before. Families are going to be reconciled. Marriages are going to be brought back together. People who've been praying to get married for a while, this is the year God does something beyond your wildest imagination. I want you to just remember me saying this at the beginning of the year. There's going to be physical healing that's going to happen in our church this year. This is a year of healing. I want you to just declare it over yourself. This is a year I get healed. And I believe that God is with us. And as we step out by faith, He will do it. But the thing is, remember, it begins with our preparing ourselves spiritually. This is how we train. Remember, no pain, no gain.
Father, that's our prayer this, this week, this year, that Lord, you would go before us, that Father God, you would help our lives to just shine for you, that you would inhabit us and our praises, that everything we do would be your upper room, would be the space where you're glorified, that we would find you as we seek you. And Lord, I just pray for your people now, as we take in this whole, this whole year and what's ahead of us, as we prepare for it, as we train for it. I pray that, Lord, you would give us grace. I speak grace over you, God's people, as you enter into this training. I pray over you this week that as you seek God over your lunch hour, as you walk around and everybody else is eating, but you're seeking the Lord, that you will find Him because the Word says you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I speak over you, God's people, that you will not just find God, but you will find victory. You'll find victory for your marriage, victory for your business, victory for your health, victory in every situation that has troubled you in the past. And so I bless you, God's people, as you go into this week. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And God's people say it together, Amen.